0: I trust that you brought the word with you this morning, and uh, so I want to invite you to turn to Philippians, and we're going to Philippians chapter 4. We'll be looking at verses 10 through 18, and we were there just a few weeks ago, and and we're going to go back and expand the text a little bit, and we're going to just look at, of course, obviously, uh, how appreciative Paul's spirit was. I mean, he was so appreciative of the Philippian church, and then uh, also we're going to, you know, see... Something about those that were a part of that local congregation in Philippi and uh, how willing they were to open their hearts. I mean, I just was praying, you know, about that because I, I am just so hungry this morning to have my heart filled by not just thought or intellect, but to be filled by the presence and the spirit of God. And so I I just really love the story here because it talks about this church and and how they were open to hear what God was calling them to do. Then responded so faithfully. And and so I just love it. So we're going to Philippians chapter four, uh, looking at verses 10 through 18. Now, I, I've, I I don't usually do this, so bear with me. Would you give me a little attitude? I'm going to tell a joke to open my, my sermon this morning. I mean, I usually don't do that on Sunday morning, but just give me a little flexibility. And uh, the story is told of these three guys that um, were hiking and they crossed this river that they were hiking, you know, on the other side of. They crossed the river and they had hiked several hours. Well, so the day that day, the rain came pouring down. I mean, it was just raining cats and dogs is a deluge. And, of course, that became a problem because the 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 river, you know, swelled and and it it became deep and swift and it was dangerous and and it just became huge. And so the three guys, they come back to the river and they're trying to think about how to cross the river. Well, the one guy, he prays. He said, Lord, give me the strength to cross this river. And poof, all of a sudden God gave him big arms and big legs. And so the guy, you know, began to swim across the river. He about drowned two or three times. But after about 45 minutes, he finally made it to the other side of the river. Well, the second guy watched the first guy and said, well, he prayed. I need to do that too. And so the second guy's praise. He says, Lord, give me the strength and the tools to cross the river and poof, all of a sudden there was a rowboat there. And so the guy gets in the rowboat and he's rowing across the river. He almost capsizes the boat a couple times and takes about 45 minutes. But finally, he gets to the other side of the river. Well, then the third guy, he sees that happening. So he prays. He says, Lord, give me the strength and the intelligence to cross this river. And poof, God turned him into a woman. She pulled out a map, looked at the map, walked 200 yards and crossed the river on the footbridge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I like that or not, but anyhow, uh, I, I think it's awesome because, you know, sometimes we do that spiritually. We just don't want to stop and get directions. And, and I think that's why God gave us the Apostle Paul, right? Because Paul is awesome in giving direction, spiritual direction. And we need that sometimes. So let's go to Philippians chapter four, and we're going to begin at verse 10 and then read down through verse 18 together. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Amen. Yet it was good for you, or good of you, to share in my troubles. I am amply supplied now that I received from Epaphroditus the gifts that you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Precious Father in heaven, I thank you for the word today. I pray your anointing upon it this morning that you'll be glorified, uh, Father, in uh, in our thinking today, that you'll be, Lord, lifted up and, Lord, the way that we respond and uh, that, Father, that you would just be honored Lord, this time that we're committing to spending with you. And so, Father, we just give you ourselves. Lord, we just give you our hearts. And I pray that, Lord, that you be glorified in everything that's said and done. We ask all these things in Jesus Christ's glorious name. Amen. Now, I want to I want to be sure to read this in context. Obviously, it's, it's the Apostle Paul who's the writer here writing to the Philippian church, and he writes with the benefit of knowing the mistakes that he's made and also the emptiness of living on the dark side. I mean, think think about it a moment. Here's the apostle Paul. I mean, before the Damascus Road experience, I mean, he understands what what it means to be filled with hate. He understands what it means to to, to live in the dark valley and to have skepticism and all that. But then also after his conversion, he writes with the benefit of knowing something about what it feels like to be persecuted. And I understand as we think about, you know, life today and, and really in the process of, of all the crazy things that are happening, we, we're thinking about this. And I mean, Paul understood this, to, I mean, to some degree, whether it was domestic or systemic. But if we're talking about making or taking a stand for what is right, I want to be painfully clear about something. This is it. That persecution is not acceptable. Right. It is not acceptable, and by the way, it is not in line with the biblical world view of things. I mean, think about it. Jesus came and suffered death on a cross that all men might be saved. In fact, our denominational mission statement is to make Christ-like disciples of the nations. I mean, you take the phrase of Christ-like disciples of the nations and, and you, you find that, that this is about crossing the barrier and crossing the land. And it's about crossing all kinds of oceans and nations. It's crossing every imaginable barrier like class and color and creed and race. And, and, and the trouble is that persecution exposes the underbelly of humanity worst carnal nature. See, that's where sin begins. It begins in the flesh. And then like a cancer, it begins to eat away at us as we allow that to begin to have control of our life. The fact is, when man is left to himself, he will destroy not only himself, but he begins to destroy others. And so that is why we come to the passage today, and we look at the scripture, and, and it calls us to listen to the Holy Spirit, and, and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, and allow the Spirit to discern what it is that we're to say and we're to do. In fact, we go to Second Corinthians chapter two. Go there with me this morning if you have God's Word. Let's go to First Corinthians, not Second, but First Corinthians chapter two. Go to First Corinthians chapter two and look at verse fourteen with me. Here we read. If you see that there, first Corinthians two fourteen we read the natural man does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God." Why? Because they are natural. They cannot, you know, they cannot respond. They cannot even hear what the spirit of the God is is saying because they are still in that natural counter state for they are foolishness to him and cannot understand them. It doesn't make any sense to them at all because they have to be spiritually discerned. And so, you see, I believe that when we talk about taking a stand for something, that the only place that we can stand that is right as believers is to stand with the Holy Spirit. I mean, the task of the church is to serve the gospel, amen, and and thinking on the spiritual needs of humanity. So we have have to spiritually discern what is an acceptable sacrifice. In fact, go back to the passage today, our text, and we look at the very last verse. I mean, that's what Paul, the apostle, is talking about here. He says, and this is an acceptable sacrifice that is pleasing to God. So I I guess the question is, what is the acceptable sacrifice? I mean, that's pleasing to God in this world and the time that we're living right now, I mean, in the frustrations that we're facing, the chaos that is going on. The question is, what is an acceptable sacrifice to God in this place and this culture and this time? And in fact, I really want the word to lead us here. And so we go back to a text and I I believe that there are three ideas that we can follow or we can drill down on this morning. And here is the first idea in regards to an acceptable sacrifice. It's kind of hard to say for me, an acceptable sacrifice. But here's the first one that Paul kind of alludes to. Here it is. An acceptable sacrifice is for God's work. Amen. It's for God's work. In fact, uh, he writes that they gave me ample supply Meaning this is a practical example of their love for the apostle, of course, their love for Christ. And Paul notes also that the sacrifice was necessary for their, their own good. So this was, was necessary because you see everything that they were doing and how they respond to the apostle, it was a response from the heart. And it's interesting how when we talk about giving and we are giving, whether we are giving our tithes or whether we are giving our time and we are serving others. I mean, whatever it is that we're giving, it's so much different when we are giving with our heart. Because, see, if we're giving with the perspective of of what you know, we get from it and, and, and what the perception might be versus giving, because, you know, God is speaking to our heart and a heart will not allow us to do anything else but to give the way that God has called us to give then we will never find, you know, fulfillment in life, you know, only by obeying God. So the sacrifice also denotes the renewal of friendship between, of course, the Philippian church and the Apostle Paul. In fact, in the Greco-Roman culture at that time for that century, you know, one way that friendship was to be reminded of or really renewed is that they would give gifts to each other. And so, as the gift was being sent there from, of course, that church in Philippians um, or Philippi, and Paul's receiving the gift, so it's a renewal of the relationship they have or the friendship they have. And so, I just love the way the, the the letter unfolds because he not only gives a narrative of the things or the affairs that the church needed to address, and of course, he gives them direction and instruction how to address these particular things in very practical ways. But then we find ourselves at the end of the letter. Look back at the text. We're now back towards the end. Of the letter, and now Paul is addressing really the purpose of the letter to begin with, which was this idea of an offering that was given. Now it's interesting that this is not a formal thank you. I mean, we read the text here, and he doesn't say, okay, thank you for this offering. But it's more of a it's more of this this idea in the narrative that he is describing to them how they have been faithful all along the way. And that through the time of, of ministry and through the years of ministry that they have supported him. And he is saying, OK, this is the kind of model that a church should be. This is how that we should serve the kingdom is that we are we are faithful, you know, in all things. So the apostle is even mentoring and discipling in this, especially in this last section, saying that their their sacrifice is an acceptable sacrifice. So an acceptable sacrifice. This is the first idea. An acceptable sacrifice is for God's work. Here's the second one. If you're making notes, an acceptable sacrifice smells right. I mean, that's a little crude. I understand that. But look, look at the way that, that Paul phrases it. He, he says they are a fragrant offering and the word here. They it really means something It's saying something to us because it's speaking about the spirit in which they are giving and they are sending the sacrifice. And it's not about the item or the money that they were sending, but it was about the spirit in which they they are doing You know, and they are giving. In other words, the whole idea, again, are we giving for the right, you know, just to create a right perception or are we giving because our heart is calling us to give and our heart is calling us to serve. Now, I I obviously note here in my study that the Philippians did have some issues. I mean, they they were not perfect. I mean, no church is perfect. Amen. Um, But but he continues this faith talk, so to speak, or really, it's more of a heart talk where he turns, you know, the conversation, you know, to the offering. But then he describes them in a a particular way. In fact, we go to Second Corinthians, chapter two and verse 15, and we read there for we are to God The pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. So we have kind of a a similar, you know, word picture that he's using here in regards to the spirit of of God's local church. That they are like this, this fragrant aroma or this fragrant offering unto Christ. I, I love the true story that he came across of a factory in northern France where lavender was used in the perfumes that were being produced. Each evening as the workers would head for home and walk the streets of the little town, the whole village would be filled with the sweet aroma of lavender because the fragrance was clinging to the workers' clothes. <laughs> and so I'm just imagining in my mind's eye that Roma, romantic little village and the workers are leaving the factory and now the village is as full of the fragrance of of lavender Because they've been spending time in the midst of that fragrance of lavender. And you see, that's what the apostle is saying is that, that that we should be just like that in the presence of Christ as we follow Christ, that this aroma of Christ is clinging to us as we stay close to him, that we are the aroma of Christ to the world. And in Christ, Paul writes that for us as believers, it is this Christ that leads us into one perpetual victory parade after another. I love that spirit. That we're having this perpetual parade of victory. And that's what, you know, Jesus Christ represents for us in, in our world. As we spend time with him, we become this this center, this sweet offering that is offered up to God, that's rising to God. I mean, it's a scent that's pointing people to Jesus Christ. I, I had a lady in one of our churches. And I think Heidi probably remembers her. Um. She required us to set up a TV in one of the Sunday school classes so that she could enjoy worship completely by herself. Now, her husband was an usher and he was in the sanctuary. We had probably eight or nine hundred people in the sanctuary and he was an usher serving there. But she wanted to be in a Sunday school class by herself completely with just the TV. And the reason why is because she said the people stink. <laughs> Now, don't get the wrong picture, because she was saying she was deathly allergic to perfume and cologne. (laughs) So she was allergic to to perfume and smells and such. You know what, what I'm afraid of? You know what I'm really afraid of? That we become that. To the world that we we become appalling to the world and because of our prejudices and because of our judgmental spirit and because of the way that we're living as a church and folks I want to say this the church is missing the mark on many levels. And and I'm wondering, where is the appeal? And as I was praying over my notes this morning and getting ready to gather with you, I, I just felt the presence of the Spirit of God come down upon me. And I felt this hunger that I wanted the Spirit to fall upon us this morning and fall upon this sanctuary that we are so filled with the fragrance of Jesus Christ that people will look and say, man, we want to be like that. I'm wondering if we are that kind of Christian. So that we have this fragrance and this appeal that the world saying, oh, man, they are loving people. They are loving people. I pray for that. Yes, an acceptable sacrifice is one that is, is of a nice and a, a good fragrance to the world around us. An and acceptable sacrifice is also, here's the third one, it's acceptable. It is a, a, an acceptable sacrifice that is perfect for you In italics for you. Acceptable sacrifice is perfect for you. I mean, in our text here, the gift was perfect for the Philippians. In verse 14, he mentions that in the past, not one other church participated in giving and receiving. And the sacrifice was not even on their radar, in fact. And so Paul recognizes the great example of the Philippian church and say, "Okay, here's the model that we're following. Why? Because their hearts were open to hearing the voice of God. And then they were open and being obedient to the voice of God as God was calling them to make a sacrifice on his behalf in the kingdom of God. Amen. And, and so as we we're praying about the Holy Spirit, you know, falling upon us, then I believe that counter to that, we also have to make sure that our hearts are open to receive what the Holy Spirit wants to pour out upon us. And that gets a little sticky, understand that, because that means that maybe, possibly, God is going to challenge us to do some things that make us a little bit uncomfortable. In fact, I have two questions that I want to ask you this morning to try to kind of tie some of the ends together here. And uh, they may not be popular questions. I'll find that after the service, I'm sure, somehow. But I I want to ask you two questions to think upon as as we think about this being this kind of aroma, you know, this this kind of, you know, fragrance that lifts up the very spirit of Christ himself. Here are the two questions. Here's the first question. When was the last time you made a personal sacrifice for someone else? I don't mean just, you know, a gift or money, but when was the last time you really made a personal sacrifice for someone else that maybe caused you to risk your reputation? When was the last time you made the kind of personal sacrifice that maybe cost you to risk even your job or in the very least, maybe, you know, your comfort and the comfort zone that you've been living in? And I say this because these are uncomfortable times. And maybe if we're listening to the voice of God and our our hearts are open, I mean, that's the Philippian church, that's what's happening, their their hearts are open and they're being obedient to the voice of God. And and if our heart is open and we're being obedient to the voice of God, I'm wondering, when was the last time that we really listened to God so hard that we found ourselves, we find ourselves doing something that is really uncomfortable, really challenging us? Maybe these are the kind of times... That, that can happen. Remember, the acceptable sacrifice is perfect for you. Italics on you. And that means that means it has to be perfect for me, whatever it is that God is speaking to me about. I mean, what is your heart telling you this morning? Maybe there's something that you should be doing you haven't done yet, or maybe a person that you should speak to and you need to be bold enough to speak to them and speak to them the truth. And then the result of that, you know, you just might be shocked how the Holy Spirit is going to use your obedience in speaking the truth to that individual. That that was the first question. When was the last time you made a personal sacrifice for someone? Here's the second question. What is it that you know would be pleasing to God? Let me start again. What is it that you know would be pleasing to God that you've not yet acted upon it? You know it would be pleasing to God. In fact, you know that maybe God has been speaking to you about something. And he's stirring your heart about something. It's there in the back of your mind. You know that God is saying, okay, you know, this is an issue. It's kind of like one of those burrs that you get in your sock when you're hiking and and it sticks you in the ankle there and you can't get out of the sock and it's hard and you got to deal with it. You can't move on and the hike is unpleasant until you deal with the burr in your sock. Well folks, that's what the will of God and the voice of God is like. And it's very possible that God is speaking in such a way. That he's challenging you to say something or do something or or allow him to to shape you in a way that you've never been shaped before. I'm wondering what is God saying to your heart this morning? I mean, at the Philippian church, they they, they were such a model to follow. That's what the apostle is saying. And I'm wondering how can we be that kind of model as a church and how can we be that obedient as we are listening to the voice of God and our hearts are open so that we might hear what God is saying to us of that one thing that we've not acted upon yet. That one thing that we've not done yet. Or maybe that one attitude that God is trying to speak to you about. I I want to invite us just to listen to the voice of the Lord this morning. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes for just a moment. And, and I want to invite you just to ask yourself, what is it that, that the Lord is speaking to you about? And how is he trying to shape you right now? And, and what is this voice saying to you? What is it that you need to do? What is it that you need to change? Or or maybe it's something about your thinking. I, just, I want to invite you just to hear God's voice, not my voice, not anything that I've, I've said or preached about. But just listen to the voice of our God and say, Lord, I hear your voice. Lord, I want to be obedient as we gather here on holy ground, that Lord Jesus, that you will be glorified as I am saying, Lord, I know you're dealing with something here. I know you're dealing with something. You're moving me into a, a real uncomfortable place. You're shaping me, Lord, and I know that. And, and Lord, I just pray that I wouldn't resist anymore, that I would just hear your voice and that, Lord, that I would come to you and that I'd find just a refreshment by By being obedient to this call. And so, Father, I pray right now that you speak to that young man or that young woman or uh, that old man or old woman, whomever it might be. I pray, Father, that you would just speak right now and that your will would be done and that we would respond to you, Lord Jesus, in obedience. As we answer these questions for ourselves. When was the last time that we really made a sacrifice that cost us? It really cost us. And are we willing to make a change that you've been speaking to us about, Lord? So, Father in heaven, I believe that, that this moment can be transformative for us. I believe that this moment, Lord, in the church, it, it can be a shift for us, Lord. And, and that one person's heart, Lord, whatever you're doing right now, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would just speak to that heart right now. May we respond with a heart fully. May our hearts be open, Lord Jesus, as you're talking to us right now. We thank you, God, for answered prayer. We thank you, Father, for speaking to us. Speaking to our hearts right now. Lord, with our heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to invite you to pray that way. If you're praying, Lord Jesus, you know my heart. You know what I'm going through right now. You know what I'm challenged with. I pray that, Lord, that you would just speak to that one. I I pray that you just allow that that mother or that father to. Say, Lord, I've been resisting and I don't want to resist anymore. It's exhausting, Lord, resisting your will, resisting your truth. I pray that, Lord Jesus, you would come in with your refreshing spirit and that you would speak to that heart and that mind right now and just help them as they say, Lord, I'm going to be obedient to you, Lord. I'm going to say yes right now. Listen to the Lord's voice right now as he's saying and he's speaking to you what he is. Only you know what that is. Because the perfect, acceptable gift is perfect for you. For you. Father, thank you for hearing these prayers. Thank you, Lord, for the one that's just lifting their voice right now with their heads bowed and eyes closed. And they're just whispering, Lord, I'm saying yes. I've been resisting. I want to be obedient. I want to walk with you, Lord Jesus, right now. And so, Father, I just, I submit to you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for the work that you're doing, the change you're doing in my heart, the change that you want to do in that individual's heart right now, Lord, as we're just praying and we're saying yes, Lord, to you. Yes, Lord, we're going to hear your voice. We want to be obedient to you right now. We pray all these things in Jesus Christ's beautiful name. Amen.